Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Two Packs of Maggots and a Packet of Hooks, the fishing podcast. It's now midsummer, and we are on episode three of series two. Um, loads and loads of stuff to get stuck into, as it has been a fair few weeks since we last did one of these podcasts. Um, and as always, we'll be looking through the press pack. There's been lots going on since we last uh, did one of these recordings. So we've had the Fishermania final. Um, we have had about three or four magazines that fit the shelves so we can talk through them. Lots of stuff going on on social media as well. So really interesting there. In terms of tackle, um, in the tackle shed, it's been really interesting for me. Uh, we've had temperatures up to sort of 30 degrees. So those flags have been cracked. Uh, the little ones are off school now as well. And, and the weather's a little bit changeable right now. We've had some thunderstorms, which is not great for uh, for fisheries, but um, the rain is welcome for sure, especially on running water. Um, and I've been sort of flipping between the two, commercials and, and rivers, for the first time in a long time. So I've, I've had an opportunity to use bits of gear that have been sat in the shed for a long, long time, and we can have a look at that. Um, lots of new items have hit the shelves as well, so well worth looking at some of those. And, and of course, as always, anything that I've tried and tested and used and abused, uh, I'll talk through that also. In the big chair for the big chat, we have got... Um, well, I could say river specialist, natural water angler, but that would be unfair. Uh, this guy is no slouch on commercial fisheries as well. This guy is a, is a bit of an all-rounder, that is for sure. And it's Matrix Bats, Riverfest 2018 champion, Mr. Lee Wright. And uh, the conversation that Lee and I have, as always, follows the same theme about sort of how he got into fishing and, and where he is today and his future plans. Really, really interesting stuff. A really nice guy is Lee. And uh, I found it fascinating. We had some good questions off of the listeners as well that we put to Lee. And he answers them uh, them wholly as well. So without further ado, let's crack on. Let's have a little review and talk about the press pack. Okay, diving in straight into the press pack then and some really, really interesting coverage across the media and uh, social media as well. I think we'll kick off with the social media side of things because I guess the first big story uh, to cover off, of course, is the Fishermania final. Great to our fans back, of course, held at Hayfield Lakes there over in uh, in Doncaster. Um, I believe around 7,000 people visited and attended the uh, the final and after last year, that's, that's a great, great achievement. And to stand these events up is, is no mean feat, of course. And to get that many people around a fishery and, and be organised. So, you know, massive kudos to the fishery and the team there. That is for sure. But what I did find quite interesting, and, I, and I'm 
sitting on the fence with this, I haven't got a, a view either way in some respects, um, is the vitriol, really, that came out on social media following the event. Uh, because the first thing um, which I, I, I didn't really acknowledge a lot of is, that, you know, where's the congratulations for, for Harry Bignall, who absolutely smashed the match. You know, it's great to see um, a lesser known name, shall we say, um, compared to the lots of favourites on the bank, you, you know, Bennett's, Jamie Hughes, Andy May, etc. A lot of big name anglers there who perhaps were expected to win. Um, but of course, fishing's a funny old game, um, a, a peg with not, a huge deal of history to it but um, as it was stated on the day you know there's a bar at a certain distance about 14 meters the fish seems happy on there and harry absolutely smashed it so i didn't see a huge amount of congratulations all i saw which stood out like a sore thumb and i've got it in front of me now was a post by fishermania's um page which says another incredible hashtag fish in the bag we love seeing all the fans back after two years away. And then there's a little video clip of all the action condensed into a, a sort of like a minute's worth. Um, and underneath, it's just the stuff that's in there. A little bit biased towards my mate, old Keith Arthur. Of course, he's done two of these podcasts. There's a lot of stuff directed towards himself. Um, negative, I must say. Lots of talk around the coverage being very poor, not much fishing being shown. Andy Kinder comes out pretty well on a lot of the comments. But, you know, even in there, there's not a, yeah, well done, Harry, for winning the match. It's all about how poor, allegedly, Sky was uh, showcasing the event. Now, whether, um, my opinion is, is irrelevant, really. But what I would say is that there seems to be a lack of knowledge uh, as well in terms of aura. I guess, not a lack of knowledge, that's probably the wrong way of putting it. A lack of understanding around this event. Um, so Fishermania is on Sky Sports, which of course is a, a massive platform. And uh, sadly, it's not a massive platform just for anglers. So what some people need to appreciate, I think, is that when the coverage is talking about how a method feeder works or how a fish, you know, perhaps intercepts a bait on a slap or a, a pellet waggler cast, etc. Although to you and I and, and you know, um, the match anglers get it and it's like, oh God, why, why is he talking about this? This is for the non-angler that could perhaps be watching. We've got to remember that this is a spectacle for all and it's not just aimed at match anglers. Got to appeal to everybody watching. So I think some of the comments are not acknowledging that part of it. Um, another part as well is that, you know, Keith and Callum Dix, they were the two experts in closed brackets um, that were being asked the questions by Rob Palmer, who has hosted it now for 26 years, so he knows what he's doing. Um, those questions are, are not, you know, they, they're going to come across in layman's terms as well. And the guys can only answer what they're being asked. Uh, the guys can only talk when they're being put in front of the camera. They are not chosen how long they're going to be, you know, in front of the camera for. I mean, those guys were stood on the feet for pretty much sort of seven hours of the whole day as well. I'm sure they wanted to have a sit down, a cup of tea and, and let the fishing be showcased more than it probably was. Um, some of the cutaways, I think, were, were lacking a little bit. You know, the, the, the sound wasn't as slick as probably it used to be. And, and, you know, a few profanities were caught in the background. But that's the nature of live TV, I'm sure. So, yeah, I was pretty much shocked, really, in terms of the amount of you know, comments on here about the coverage and about how poor apparently Sky Sports covered this and how BT would do a better job and Anne the Bank would be more passionate. These are all comments I'm reading now. 
off of Facebook. And you know, there's a lot of experts on there that, that are predicting how the coverage would be from a rival broadcaster. But there we go. Um, <laughs> a real interesting, I guess it just shows the power of social media. Everybody can whack their opinion on straight away, whether it's con- considered opinion or not. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Let's just remember, this isn't just a show just for match anglers, sadly. You know, this is Sky Sports. There's going to be lots and lots of people watching it that have perhaps never fished before. So we need to put it across in a way that um, that comes across in layman's terms. Moving away from social media then, and, and, and I will end on massive congratulations to Harry Bignall on winning that match, um, which a lot of people fail to do on social media. Uh, moving on then to the printed press into Match Fishing Magazine. And some of the things that caught me, first of, all, uh, first of all, in the July edition, page eight, straight in, chap Richie Tamala, Welsh International. He's fishing on a water. It's literally a nice, robust stroll away, around a mile or so from my house. It's called uh, Avaron Park Lake. And he's fishing the slider. And the reason why it stood out for me is because I did a, a, a short video in April time um, fishing the slider. And really, it was all about sort of uh, after I'd done my podcast with Ian Eeps, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a method that's synonymous with him. And uh, it's something I wanted to demonstrate how easy it is really compared to what some people think about the slider. And Richard is exactly the same here. And he puts a nice net of bream together and out of our own park, which actually is more of a specimen water now. Um, a lot of the anglers on there tend to only focus on the carp. So it's good to see that there's still plenty of bream and skimmers in there, even though there's been a, a process of destocking taking place on there too. Uh, loads and loads of good um, instructional stuff in match fishing this month. Really, really good. A nice piece from Amma Jawed where he's talking about sorting the wheat from the chaff, you know, getting those quality silvers um, out of the out of the shoal. And that was a good one. Um, the feeder fishing piece, which I quite like the, the flow of match fishing, the way that it's become as well, where you've got the separate sections of, um, you've got your instructional features, of course, but then you've got a separate feeder section as well, which condenses everything because feeder fishing is such a big piece now. And to have its own section just demonstrates that really. Um, they've even got, uh, there's a probably one for the tackle shed but these dual xd distance feeder rods from map the review of that is in the feeder piece so that's quite interesting how they've mixed the advertisements into this feeder section as well um but beyond that uh small talk is a pole fishing section so again let's not forget that pole fishing uh, was discontinued but the way that they've introduced the pole fishing section like the feeder one within match fishing is very clever also and the specific feature on pole fishing on this month's article is with Stu Redman uh, fishing in a place called Lovell's Lakes down uh, Cambridgeshire Way. And he's showing whip fishing and how to put together, you know, a small fish approach that he's refined over time. And he's using one of those classics of uh, whip wagglers that I've not come across for ages. I've got some old image ones somewhere in a box uh, that's perfect for whip fishing. And what he's doing is he essentially he's fishing um, a waggler or he's got a standard. Um, pole float setup as well but shows you how he's got that strung bulk the way it sort of goes through the water and, and it's really interesting the way he hooks his dead maggots as well because it allows him to then catch a lot more than one fish and he's sort of double hooking it going through um, the side through the shank and then you re-hook it along the body it's a little bit like how if anybody sea fishes the way that you would hook a, a, a luggy or a ragworm or you, you go through the body 
put it up the shank and then re sort of hook through the middle. Um, and he's put a, a cracking net of silver together, usual suspects, roach, rud, perch, um, feeding a sloppy consistency of ground bait over the top. Just classic fishing, um, really enjoyable style of fishing as well. So skipping through to, yes, this was one of my favourite articles as well, because our old friend there, Darren Cox, he uh, has fished the festival down at Tamar, uh, reservoir and do you know what this upper tamar lake it just it looks a fantastic venue it really does now he's done really well on this recent festival and he's talking through some of the tips and tricks that he used to enable essentially it seems that fish aren't difficult to catch there it's how you get the bigger stuff and it's how you consistently catch and he he talks through this as he's uh, as he goes through and he's got a, a list of where um, he finished eighth overall in this uh, Sonia Bates festival. Uh, Gaz Lambert won it with uh, Michael Buckwilder second, Des Ship third. So in very, very good company. Um, and he's talking about how he's put these nets together and, and the lessons that he's learned. You know, even the likes of stepping down to half ounce tips and, and things like this and the types of rods you use, when to use braid, when not to, etc. So very, very good article. It's a place I'd love to fish. I'm not the greatest feeder angler at all, but I think even I could catch a few. Nowhere near as many as these guys, but lovely natural water fishing. From the natural water fishing to the old commercials, um, and my favourite, favourite method on commercials is Sammy is absolutely fishing paste. I have my way of, of, of fishing the paste, um, which I've learned. I've took cherry picked bits from um, the top anglers over the time, I guess, over the years. And, and it never, I never fail to read anything or, or watch anything when it comes to paste because there's always stuff to learn on it. And it's Andy Findlay. He's at the back on page 94 of Match Fishing. So talking through his paste approach it is slightly different to mine in that he uses no shot. He uses the same float pattern between three and sort of eight foot. He's using a Sonu um, one-to-one mix as well. Talking about how he puts it together. Very direct way of fishing. You know, he's the master at paste, isn't he? The only thing, of course, is that he, he does a lot of his features at the Glebe, as do a lot of anglers. And uh, my experience of the Glebe, I fished it a lot, is that, you know, we can all do very, very well at the Glebe. So it's uh, you're always going to get a good catch shot, that is for sure. Um, and to be fair, you know, most approaches will work on the Glebe. So I'm not too sure how much it proves, but it, we know it works and it, and it catches fish. And, and, and the good thing, I guess, for me, for Pace, is it does single out uh, better stamp fish also. Um, I always find that it takes a little while to get it going if you're using it as your main approach, but... Yeah, once they come, they, they they really do rock up. And he's demonstrated that on that last feature. So that was very, very good. Improve your course fishing. We've got two of these to cover off. Uh, issue 379, which is the latest one, goes from end of July to end of August. And then 378, which, which was end of June to end of July. So starting with that one, the last um, version. Again, you know, for me, Improve Your Fishing is probably the most underrated magazine. Everybody probably thinks match anglers like most of our listeners are. Probably think, oh, it's not for me. It's more for beginners. It's not. I can promise you that. There's lots and lots to learn. Um, and coming into this uh, this one here, even just nice articles. There's, there's, there's one here, page 24, Guy Rich Wilby, who's a former Drennan Cup winner for Specimen Fish. Uh, just around catching 
better stamp tench if you've got a pleasure session free or you've got a, a gravel pit or a water that holds these big whoppers it, what he's talking about here is approaching tench on carp venues so not necessarily places that match anglers would visit but a lot of us have those types of venues nearby and we give it a miss because you know we're not after specimen fish but there's all sorts that lurk in there whether it be big bream whether it be tench he's talking about using a method feeder which we're all familiar with yeah he's using a buzzer approach and there's, there's a braid element to it as well but the we used to talk about double figure tench here um so even that's just a nice read even if you're not going to give that a go uh, but then into in sort of bream fishing and more of a match style tony curd he's down there at um the classic willow park down in surrey and he is fishing for big old slabs on a cage feeder and and again it's a venue that's synonymous with lots and lots of bream um good what's the word established um shoals talks you through his setup through his tactics his rigs and of course his feeding as well and again that's just a nice way to remind ourselves if you're going to attack these estate style lakes for these established bream um a good way to go about it he does have a go with a hybrid as well so he mixes it up a little bit good article good read lots of tips and tricks in here a refined pellet waggler tactic as well um but this is quite a good one uh, half a pint of pellets, please. So this one's from Tom Bainbridge, just in the fish hole final that we've just been discussing. Um, and all he's got to do is catch a net full of snake lake fish, essentially using half a pint of pellets. And I think we've all had these little challenges. And, and we think about, um, and I'll touch on this in a second as well, the Winning Ways channel, talk about social media, uh, which is the Andy May and uh, Jamie Hughes channel rich chapman runs and those challenges that those guys do are you know real good fun and this is a similar sort of theme really you know and uh, well he goes and does exactly what it says on the tin he catches a net full of uh, small carp um shows you how to do it and i think the moral of the story is you know you don't need tons and tons of bait to put together a reasonable net of fish so that's a nice little article to, to have a read of as well latest version so this is pretty much just hit the doorstep there's a nice piece here if you are thinking and we'll cover this in the tackle shed as well thinking of taking somebody fishing because this is now national fishing month of course it began last weekend uh, and it runs right the way through to the end of august where there's lots of initiatives take a friend fishing where you can get a free um, environment agency rod license for a friend um, lots of fisheries are doing two for one of course and, and sometimes I think we get concerned of, are they going to get bored if I take someone along? Are they going to stand on a rod, break a pole section, whatever it may be? And Sarah Taylor, another finalist of um, the next gen, Fishermania final just gone. So Sarah Taylor does a piece here on how to get beginners going. Or it's called Mixed Bag with Ease, the fun way to get a netful. And she's fishing, quite simply, a whip to hand. So pretty much cheap and cheerful three and a half meter whip to hand she shows you you know what whole rig to put together um and she's got a lovely net of fish of crusions roach rud you know the usual suspects and, and sort of how to go about putting these together a couple of pints of maggots with a whip nice simple rig and it's a perfect way to introduce somebody into the sport uh, for me if i took somebody straight away onto a commercial and their first fish is a sort of three four pound carp um, I'm not sure that's quite the right way to go because the expectation levels are pretty high straight away. I think doing something like whip fishing 
on a canal on a more of a natural water or a silver pool a commercial um introduces them to to the sort of small fishing and to understand the species a little bit better and also that way of competition you know getting the fish into a bit of a free feeding frenzy by little and often and, and gradually building up from that first roach or perch through to you know better stamp and then moving on to the to the sort of the carp family if you like and uh i think that's a better way to go and, and, it, and it does build things but each to their own just get people onto the bank and, and get them fishing that's that's the one for me um throughout then you've got a couple of different tactics and techniques of course there's a really good one uh with angling photographer tim prosser so it's called open your mind with bankside photography i think we've all been there when we've been out pleasure fishing or we, we've we've um, we've caught something there's been nobody around to take a take a catch shot for you so some tips and tricks from tim here of how to go about composing the ultimate catch shot really catch and release as well in some respects here he uses an example of, of putting a barbel back um it's talking about smartphone pictures it's about what essentials to take with you etc and i know this from doing the filming for, for the teddy fishing baits is that you can sometimes be taking more camera kit than your fishing kit so you don't want to go down that route too much but um, if you are out on a pleasure session or you've just finished a match you want to get that you know shot of a, of a lifetime if you like that memory of a lifetime then there's some really good tips here and that, that's why i like improving course fishing because it's got these types of slightly different articles and features in here um so that is a little look at the printed press um, if you haven't done pick yourselves up a copy of of those monthly mags have a little scan online i did just mention as well winning ways with rich uh chapman andy may and, and jamie hughes some of the challenges that they've been getting up to one of the last ones i watched was um they bought this pole and rod set up off of wish which if, if you if you're unaware of what wish is it's like a, a cheap and cheerful chinese um import company if you like and <laughs> Let's just say sometimes the products arrive and they're not quite what the description was. And they're trying to catch uh, the biggest fish on the rod setup and the biggest fish on the pole setup. And I won't spoil it for you. You know, you can go online and have a little look. It, there's a subscription piece on there as well, which is, you know, a lot of anglers are doing that. These top boys now, they're doing um, subscription channels and don't blame them. Good on them. Um, but yeah, it's the uh, <laughs> trying to slap a, a six milli pellet um, on one of these polls to hand is is interesting to say the least so yeah that would be my youtube channel of the month that is for sure and i would say my magazine of the month is you know pay your money and uh, and take your choice match fishing and improve your course fishing very good uh for the month of july going into august so that is the press pack now it's time to have the big chat for all your fishing needs be sure to check out fishing evolution Boasting two floors of branded displays, visit our recently expanded superstore at Hadley Road in Sleaford, where we offer a huge range of tackle from all of the leading course and cart brands, such as Nash, Fox, Corda, Drennan, Preston, Guru, Daiwa, and many, many more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where we share all of the latest news and updates about products available in store. Okay, welcome to The Big Chat. And on this episode, we've got a real treat for you because for some time, I've been looking for a river specialist, if you like, in terms of <laughs> hitting June the 16th. River season's open. Who can I get? Who can I speak to? 2018 River Fest champion 
and in general all-round natural expert and matrix backed man it's mr lee wright how are you sir I'm very well, thank you, mate. That's a very nice introduction, isn't it? Not, not bad, that <laughs> is it. I'm a, I'm a very, um, I'm a, I'm a very humble person. So, like, yeah, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Thank not you. a problem. Uh, just set, send me the tenor in postal orders. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, mate. It's good to chat. Like I say, then on that piece, um, with the rivers up and running, uh, I've been trying yeah. to get somebody who is a bit of an expert, so they can answer questions and queries from customers, yeah. but. I think that would be unfair to sort of bunch you in with this natural angler piece. I mean, you can fish everywhere, can you not? I, I, yeah, pretty much, mate. I've, I've done everything um, fishing-wise, like sort of like match fishing-wise anyway. Never like brand new stuff into like sea fishing or anything like that. But um, certainly like when it comes to competitions, fished on commercials, rivers, drains, canals, everything, you name it like sort of done it type of thing over the years yeah. um i mean i've been match match fishing now i think i started and i was fishing against like like blokes if you like when i was about 13 mm-hmm. so uh and i'm 37 in a couple of weeks so like i've, I've been a while <laughs> so but, Not far but yeah yeah, it, mate. Of a yeah. Century. It, makes, it makes you slightly depressed when you think about it like that anyway <laughs> <laughs> it does mate it does but uh, no it's really good and actually one of these things lay with the, the theme of these podcasts if you've not heard any before we have a sort of a, a past present and future concepts as we go through so okay. i think that's actually yeah, a good. nice way to start how did you start fishing yourself um why well it's the old classic of uh my dad first got me into it um as it, it did with like many many other anglers um like i probably first went i mean i'm not gonna lie i can't remember my actual age but i think it was like five or six yeah uh, when my dad first took me and he, he, like my mum was always like you can't go fishing until you can swim that's yes, the thing exactly. and my dad my dad at the time he was a big river fisherman um you know he, he, he used to love going on the rivers so I um I, I started there and basically uh went out with him whenever I could, like literally got the bug instantly. Absolutely mm. loved it. Yeah. Uh, I mean I've always loved loved the outdoors anyway, uh still do. Uh but it's like it's just a, a real sort of like natural thing for me to, to do. I just enjoy being outside. Um so yeah, started with him and then um just from there, really, uh, just went pleasure fishing like mm. with my dad for, for for ages until it was sort of like at an age where I, I was like kind of old enough to be left alone a bit more. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, yeah. I did used to like sneak off down the canal in the six week holiday and stuff like that from school. Like I used to like ride my bike down there, like tackle on my back, you know, and just you know that sort of like got more and more. Um, prominent if you like if that's the right word yeah um I, I got i got more and more into it the more that i went you know what i mean and i actually it sounds a bit uh i suppose daft but like i actually really enjoyed going on my own mm. as opposed to like with with, with my dad it, it's probably like an age thing and i was growing up and you know what yeah, I mean? independence getting your independence exactly sure. exactly yeah yeah and I, I did used to like it but i spent ages down there when i was a kid like um like just on the local canal it was like 
literally 10 minutes on a bike from my house. Uh, and that was, that was the river every wash. I went on the Trent as well, an odd time. Yeah. Not that I had much club apart from like what my dad had told me, but he was like very traditional sort of like stick flow angler, do you know what I mean? That type mm-hmm. of thing. Hated fishing the feeder. Um, so like I didn't sort of learn no skills until I sort of like progressed. And sort of speaking of that, um, my mum and dad obviously realised that I really liked it. So and then they, they, they wanted to get me like better, if you like. So yeah. the, the thing to do was to then join like a small club. Um, so I, I joined uh, Derby Juniors. Okay. As yeah. there was as there was known then, um, which were for me like they, it, it it brought me on loads and like the people there like literally I cannot thank them enough. It was so so helpful. Literally like go out of the way to do everything for you. Um, mm. like John and George, like all, all of them, they, they were they were just brilliant. You didn't like very often have to pay for your bait and stuff like that. Really? Just like little things like that. Yeah, they just like just provided things for you and it was always there giving you tips and things and saying I could do this better. So that was like massive step up for me, that was. And that just like um it, it just made me want to go even more. And then I sort of got the competitive side of it as well because mm-hmm. obviously they then you know it was like about fishing matches and things in competitions and then that was it then i was just like this is awesome this is what i love yeah. type of thing um and i used to go like all the time they, they ran like a like a little monday night league i remember on um the trent and mersey canal uh and that was you know absolutely brilliant you know just like short little three-hour matches yeah uh, i remember my mom and dad like literally like running backwards and forwards after us because i've got two brothers as well and like martin used to play guitar um yeah. he, well he still does uh but he used to like have guitar lessons uh, literally like half an hour um after I wanted to like be there to like go and fish on a Monday night, and then yeah. like David had football training, and it was just like it was like they were, they were just they just run run for us as you do with your kids, you know, you know you would do, you know, to be. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was great. They were they were them days were fantastic, and I've still even now like some of the lads that I fish with then are still like about on the same circuits. Like you know, like Mike Mike Bedding is is, is one. Uh, Rob Aldred, uh, Barry Jones, this, uh, Richard Packwood, lo- loads of them um, mm. that still go fishing. So it was like obviously they they got the bug the same as me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like they, they, those guys, I can't, I can't thank them enough for like what they did for like me as a youngster. You know? No, ab- absolutely. Um, Do your brothers fish, by the way? No, they don't, mate. No. No, no, not not massively. Martin like would come and like sit with me, and he he says, "Oh, I'll, I'll come and watch you on Riverfest this year, or whatever." And like, it, like he's, he's good like that, but he's he's, he's not got the patience for it, and neither mm. is David. They both like got zero patience. Yeah. Whereas I've got loads. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Is I, I love this section because the, 
I always start this part with everybody because, I mean, we're not going to necessarily talk tactics. And all the stuff that we would see you in the media for on the Matrix uh-huh. channel or whatever, it's very sort yeah. of tactical. It's very sort of technical. And it, these it chats, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. These chats see the man. They see what you're all about, you know, who you are as a, as yeah, a person. Yeah. It, it's different because everybody's got their own journey of, of where they sort of come from. And the, the important message, I think, so I'm exactly the same. <laughs> I think loads of people are saying, I'm the same. I had a canal down the road from me. I used to get on my yeah. bike, exactly the same. Yeah. I'd go down. So where did it all go wrong for me? <laughs> how did you get to where you are? And how come I'm stuck at sort of a club uh, level? But the point is, joining a club as a junior is such an important thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's a it, great it, stepping stone. It gives you that stepping stone, doesn't it? And then, like, you know, from there, you can, it allows you to then progress because you've already got the sort of confidence behind you. Yeah. It, do you know what I mean? It, it like, and then then people pushing you on all the time, and like all the all the like, the mums and dads used to come down and everything, and social, you know, it was yeah. quite yeah, it it really was. It was like really friendly and uh, just nice. I mean, like the national days were the best. They were like that was like something you'd like wouldn't sleep at night. Like I can remember it. I, I just I used to love them, absolutely love them. Because you, you, it was like obviously in the days where you used to get on a bus and things like that. And yeah, that like they they were brewing like them days. And they used to like do you like a packed lunch and stuff. And like so you you know you wouldn't go hungry and like drinks and everything. You just used to sort you out. It, it was amazing, really amazing, mm. um, and fantastic people, absolutely fantastic people. Uh, you mentioned uh, two two old boys there. Are they still with us? George, um, is it? And yes, yeah. So jo- George is not, um, and his wife uh, is, I do believe. I've not spoken to her for quite some time, but John, I do speak to over social media quite a lot. John was like right. like the coach, um, uh, you know, and everybody like that I know, like you know. That have come through Derby Juniors will still call him that, you know. Brilliant. It's like yeah. it's like his little name type of thing. But he he, he loves to see us doing well. Do you know what I mean? He's mm. he's like I think he gets a nice sense of pride in that, which which is lovely. And he should and he should take pride in it because they, they did so much for us. You know, it was yeah. amazing. No, really I love it. Mate. So what what was your? Uh, do you remember your first match win? Was that as a junior? or was that a little bit. Older? <sighs> I, um, I'm trying to think, like, I remember, I, I distinctly remember one match, um, albeit a little bit controversial. Um, <laughs> Go on. It was, um, it was, it was actually in a club, I'm not going to say the name of the club, but it was mm. in a club that was fairly local to me on a yep. canal, and uh, they allowed me to fish this match, and I was like... I think it was like 13, 14 at the time. Because this is like, I'd obviously, when I'd started going to Derby Juniors for a little bit and like I've got some confidence. And my dad, my dad obviously knew other anglers for going in the tackle shop, things like that. Yeah. And so, like, I got on this match anyway. And um, I ended up winning it. Um, and they were like, they, they, they wouldn't pay me out because I, I was too young and, yeah. and and they was all going oh no no can't pay him out and like my dad I can remember my dad coming back and he was like what do you mean you won't bloody pay him out who's that the other and he was like he was like he was like right that's it get back in, get back in the van we're going like you're not coming in <laughs> and it was like it was that that I distinctly remember that as as like a a young memory, do you know what I mean? And I yeah, was yeah. a bit bewildered by it. I was a bit like, well, 
like, I was a bit like, well, I don't mind because I've won anyway. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I loved the fact that I won because I had like an, a 10 meter pole at the time. And yeah. I actually caught like on a little dibber and I was like flicking it to the other side of the canal because I couldn't reach the far side. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was doing. And I caught like some perch and some nice roach and stuff. Um, and I think I only had about like five and a half pounds, six pounds, something like that. It wasn't mm. a lot, but um, but yeah, I can remember all these these other lads kicking off, and like some of them were like, "Oh no, you need to." That's like, is he on that? Is that the other bit? Um, but junior matches wise, um, I can't, David, honestly, I can't actually remember off the top of my head the first one that I actually won. Um, like I did used to do well. Like and I'm I'm very I'm, like I said to you before I'm very humble I'm very like I, I don't like to blame my own trumpet I'm not that type of person so you have to forgive me if I'm a bit like reserved about things like no, that. No, that's fine, absolutely um, nice quality. I just uh, yeah I just like don't like to be I don't like I don't like other people thinking of me like I'm shouting and spouting and like oh yeah I have to do this and that. And no, that. I, I don't, I've never I've never been like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's probably to do with that grounding that you had with the club as well. I bet John and and those lads were saying, you know, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. It, it probably it probably has been. It's, you know, it's to do with a, a lot of different things, isn't it? Your character and like, you know, it's how you brought up and everything, and you know, yeah, it's always yeah. very polite. Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. So, so um, we're moving then from from sort of juniors into to progressing. Then I guess coming a little bit more more modern times. What what was the next step after juniors? Was it open? Um, and then teams. I mean, yeah. So uh, what I did there was um, there was a guy. So when I was fishing in Derby Juniors, Alan, uh, a guy called Alan Wright, old, older chap. He's, he's actually won a couple of nationals. He's a good. He's a good angler. Um, he still goes fishing now. Actually, mm. um, he's been around like literally forever. <laughs> but he's a lovely. He's a lovely bloke. Lovely bloke. Uh, but he used to take me on matches. So like, I'd go on like odd open matches with him. And he obviously saw some potential in me, so he was like, "Do you want? Would you like to join the team?" Which was at the time um, Long Eaton Van der Nine they were called. So okay, yeah, that was like a sort of local team, um, and obviously it was like again another big step up for me. And I was only like fourteen, something wow. like that. I, yeah, wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't very old. Um, so like, I, I, and then obviously I got fishing with, with with those lads and stuff, and like I did, you know, f- fishing bigger matches like Super League, like running Super League things like that. So then I was like coming into like contact with these other anglers that I'd not even I suppose really heard of because apart from like you know reading the Angling Times and like fishing magazines, I think they were starting to come out around that sort of time. Mm. They that was the only sort of source of like getting access to other information and like oh yeah no other anglers you know what I mean it was just yeah, yeah it was like non-existent mate it was you know uh, it didn't happen like that um, so to then like sort of start seeing some of them on matches and things and like you know I, I remember doing like a little bit of bank running and things like that and then there was you know fish fish winter league odd winter league matches and stuff i don't i don't actually think i was allowed to fish this winter league match because i was too young but probably yeah you know that, like yeah. people i think i think the age limit is like 16 or something 
Um, but it happened, and you know that's you know it's in the past now, so I suppose it's not really that important. But um, but yeah, we, we you know from there, it was um, a case of just then like learning off all these other people, and like Alan did a lot for me because he was he, he would take me to matches, and a few of the other lads did as well that was in the team, like Colin Beach, Dean Guess. Uh, who all still fish now? They still fish on the same circuit, like yeah. Randy and that. And yeah. you know, still obviously, no, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, you know, because like as a young lad, like, and obviously my mum and dad, they couldn't take me as much as I wanted to go. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it was, you know, it's, a, it's basically fishing takes up the whole day, doesn't it? As you know, you yeah. know, it's not like you can you go like uh, to a football match or something for an hour or two and then, and then you come back. No, that's right. It's like you're out first thing yeah. in the morning, you come back last thing at night. And like some of the, um, some of the guys that used to me, especially like Colin and that used to like drink in the pub and like, <laughs> get home at, like All day, isn't it? Yeah, make a day of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, but my mum and dad, you know, they, they knew the, you know, they knew them and they, they knew I was insane fans. So yeah, I, I like sort of went, from there, um, and then started to, you know, obviously bit fishing these bigger matches and stuff, and it was like massive, massive learning curve, as you can imagine. Um, but I, I like at that time, and I'm actually still quite like it now. I'm, I'm like I'm a bit like I'm a bit like a sponge, you know. Like I just like someone tells me something, mm. and if it's something I enjoy doing or like that I'm interested in. And my wife would probably tell you this because, well, like, she gets dead frustrated with me. Because um, if it's anything to do with, like, fishing or, like, the outdoors or climbing or anything like that, I love it. And, like, yeah. I can remember anything about it. But if it's to do with, like, say, I don't know, like, you put that washing out tomorrow or something like that, I'll forget <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like... No, we're all it's, a selective like, memory. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is. Um, so, yeah, it, it was then... Like I say, a case of, you know, um, absorbing all that information, taking it on and trying to get myself better, um, you know, progressing sort of like as much as I possibly could. I mean, it took me a long time, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, 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 to like learn a lot of different things because we're learning like loads of different techniques on different venues. Like yeah. the variety you know, of waters you've got. Yeah, it was, in, it was incredible. Like, I remember um, one distinct memory is um, actually fishing in a winter league semi-final on the River Weaver yeah. when I was 15 years old. And um, I remember like going down there and everything we were practicing and like we've got some bits and bobs sorted and like it, it was like, it was like massive for me. And in, in that match, um, on the day, like it had a load of cold water coming to it. I really remember it. Distinctly remember it. And I blanked. I never had a bite. And mm. that it's like that will, that sort of like lives with me forever. But I, I was in the mindset of, I'm never going to let that happen again type of yeah. thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I mean, a lot of people did on that match at that time. It, it was one of, it was just one of those days. But I will always remember it. And like, if I could go back there now, like I know I'd catch some fish, but at the time I wasn't, I didn't have enough knowledge and, you know, yeah. 
it was I was very young, so <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, get it totally. Yeah, it's you know, it, it, and, and like I say, it's just sort of progressing from there, mate. Really, um, onto bigger and better things. And like, if you want me to go into that, I can go into that, and like, just tell you where I went. Okay, yeah, no, we can go into that in the, in a sort of evolution of your of your team fishing, absolutely. But j- just before we sort of talk about that, I, I mean, you're probably not aware, but. I moved to to the Midlands, if you like. I'm probably about an hour yeah. from you, mate. To be fair, uh, about eighteen months ago. So uh-huh. I'm just yeah. just sort of linking away. And what I've found as I've been getting back into fishing rivers, fishing more natural venues. I mean, fished my first match on a river in twenty years a couple of weeks ago. Uh, right, so that okay. was that was interesting on your local <laughs> river store. Um, yeah, yeah, no, very well. Well, what I found is loads of people are, are, are way way more open than from where i'm from i'm from manchester it's it, the scene yeah. is very there's a lot of commercial waters and there's not as many venues so maybe places like partridge as an example where we're getting 70 80 on a midweek open maybe yeah. people hold on yeah. to that those little tips and tricks a bit closer yeah. i mean have you found everybody's been but, open um, with you yeah it, it's a, i think i think you get a couple of different types of anglers, uh, Dave. To be honest, like mm. I, I would, like you get people that are very open, um, and then you will get people who are quite reserved and like will kind of only really tell you something if you know them really well. Yeah. But generally speaking, I think anglers are generally quite a helpful bunch, and like they like to sort of help each other, and it like you know they like you know socializing back in the pub that stuff i'd definitely say more so on like um like more natural venues and stuff that is the case um not that you know that there's a persona around commercial fishing or anything i don't i really don't believe that i I mean i've been i've done it myself and but certainly people are a little more um not as forthcoming with information Mm. like when it's sort of like based around a commercial but that is i suppose because of like the intensity of it and it's it, um it's it's, it's, it's I, I don't want to like kind of dig myself a hole here and like <laughs> say the wrong thing no i know but, exactly what you mean it's hard to explain but, but, I, but it, you know they don't um it can be harder to get a piece of information off somebody or, or ask somebody about their day than it can say like you know you walk down the river and well, what you caught you know and the people mm. say, oh well this that or oh, another rush day or whatever do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but it's I don't know I don't know maybe maybe I'm like I'm not thinking about it right I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm thinking this is the way I see it. We're going a bit of a tangent here. That's fine. So I see it sort <laughs> of that when we're fishing a commercial, we know that the general flyers that yeah. in general isn't it? We, we know yeah. apart from real severe changes in temperature it's probably going to fish pretty similar to the last match so we've mm-hmm. got an idea of yeah, what we're like fishing fish for all of the wind a lot and all that. that sort of thing absolutely and yeah yeah absolutely like corners whereas we're fishing really. a river a canal you're never in the same piece of water at the same time anyway because it's moving Correct. we know that we're going to have okay there are noted features and flyers on rivers of course, of course. There is. yeah of course but maybe it's just that that Whatever you, they, they, when you're forthcoming with the information, you think, well, it may or may not work because it's a river and because it's different, or it's a canal and it's moving. Whereas a commercial, it pretty much, if I tell yeah. you this, you might well go and win this match. I don't know. It, maybe it's like that. 
It is, yeah. I suppose it's because it's more regimented at a commercial where like everything's like dug virtually the same, isn't it? You Good know, word. Like, it's, 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 it's like a snake lake, say, for example, whereas, like you say, a river, its bag could be deeper than my bag. My bag can have more flow than his bag. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. so many different variables to it that, like, even on the same day, how you've caught might not be how you'll catch, like, five packs upstream of you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's not that like that. Whereas, I suppose, a, a commercial, it is a bit more like that. There will be a certain method on a certain day, like, like it's like changes in bait and stuff when you go to a commercial. It's like people that go, like, you know, three, four times in a week, they are so switched on to like knowing what's going to work at what time. Like they'll know when something's going to change, like whether it'll be like meat, for example, or worms will come into it or that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's that that gives you an edge. Mm. Um, it's, I suppose it's a little bit more to do with like watercraft on like an open, like especially on a river, I would say. It, more so than like an open lake or like a gravel pit or anything like that or canal definitely more there's more like watercraft to it because you have so much more to think about do you know what i mean like your bait's not going to land in the same place all the time it no. will change do you know what i mean the yeah. flow changes the wind there's there's so many different things that you know can have an impact on your day um so I suppose <laughs> without going off on a massive tangent, that is like <laughs> basically what the difference is in a way. Uh, and maybe that is like coming back to your question, why people aren't perhaps as forthcoming with information. Um, but, it's, it, you know, there's some, you know, I know loads and loads of like, like fish commercials and stuff, and they're all absolutely sound and they'll tell you anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you like, but you'll get it the same on a natural venue. You, you do get certain people that, like, won't tell you a thing. Like, they yeah, literally no. won't tell you. Or, or like... It's horses for courses, I guess, isn't it? it is. Maybe, maybe it I'm is. overthinking it a wee bit. It's just my experience in the. I don't you know. know. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've been brought up like in my sort of fishing career. Like, I, like there's some certain people that I've come into contact with. John being one, um, Ivan Marks being another. That they are the type of people that give everything to somebody else do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. they have no no reason to hold anything back and like i feel like uh, like it's in my nature anyway to be like that mm. um so that's how i am with people like anyone asks me something on the bank like you know I, I will tell them i'll tell them exactly what i you know what i think do you know what i yeah. mean I'm, I'm not a bit like a type of person that's going to hold something back um, but I, I think it is more down to personality than, than anything. And, yeah, you know, could be, could be. It's, it, it's interesting because it, huh? it's funny because we're a similar age. I'm a little bit older than you, not by much at all. Yeah. And that sort of upbringing that we've just been talking about in terms of the canal and, and club yeah. fishing and somebody taking you under the wing and all the rest of it. And I think over the years, um, you sort of, you can work out pretty quickly who's, there's a few blaggers as well of course you know everywhere but yeah no you could but i've just in generally i've just found that people are a lot more open 
with their yeah. info in this in these sort of areas and especially on the but, on the rivers. You, you know, because I'm from round here, I might not actually see that mm. because I don't then go to like you know I don't travel like two miles. Uh, t- sorry, t- for two hours up north somewhere or two yeah. hours down south to go and fish a different match. You know what I mean? I've got that much fishing you have, around you me in, on my doors on my doorstep that I don't really need to. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I suppose yeah. I'm not really going to come into contact with that as as sort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I love it, mate. It's, it's people like, are how they are, aren't they? I love it because it, for me to learn or to get some of the information I've got for, from some of these waters near me, if I'd have just done it alone and done it on my own, I, it'd take me years and years, you know, to find these yeah. places and to start. Yeah. But now people are saying, I'll try this, go there, this works that time of the year and, and all yeah. the rest of it. So, yeah, it's saving me a bit of time because I reckon it'd take me 10 years to try and get Like you say, the waters are just, there's loads <laughs> to go out, which is bad. There is, like, literally. And it, it, like where I live, um, I've got, so many different bits of water around me it's ridiculous like it's unreal yeah if, if, like especially if you're a pleasure angler it's like amazing really to be fair very lucky in that respect very lucky well before we go on to your back to the team fishing part where we was up to let's talk a little bit about um other disciplines do you do a bit of carp fishing do you do a bit of barbel do, do you, do you um, do anything out, out of match no me to to be fair um I very, very, very rarely go pleasure fishing. The only time I go pleasure fishing is with my dad. But yeah. like, like that's literally it. Um, and you know, it's I think if if he wants to like go and learn something or something like that, or he wants like some advice on something, you know, I'll go, I'll go out with him. Um, you know, I owe him a lot to my dad as it is anyway. So. Um, I, I do, I do, we do do like, but we'll only go sort of like perhaps twice a year, something like that, three times mm. a year. But I don't do any like other specific types of fishing, like like specifically carp fishing or trout fishing or, um, you know, that sort of thing. Time um, as well, isn't it, mate? You've got a young family, aren't they? It's it difficult. Is, it is time. That that is that is absolutely correct. I like to in my fishing and my and, and my you know my home life. I like to try and have a balance with it. Mm. Um, I don't want to be at the house all the time, away from my daughter. I love mm. spending time with her. So if I can balance it out and make it work, which we do very, very well. I've got a very, very supportive wife. She's amazing. Um, and, you know, she lets me do, like, what I want to do, yeah. like, fishing-wise and stuff. But, like, equally... I don't take the mickey and like uh, you know I, I just go as much as I feel like I kind of need to or want to do you know what I mean and th- that's it mate really so like my, my other time is really I suppose spent with my daughter or, or working and um, yeah. you know uh, like I've got like a manual job so like I'm always grafting and stuff you know to obviously provide for my family yeah, um, it's very important to me. Good values. It sometimes it does translate to your, to your fishing because you can be. It makes you appreciate it more, even so. You know, it's like absolutely, uh, mate. Absolutely, yes. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> skip, skip back a wee bit then to the team fishing. So we said Van der Nijn, yeah, Long Geaton. Where do we Long go? Long Van der Nijn. Yes. So, yeah. So from there, mate. Really, um, took me a little while to progress. Uh, I was asked by a couple of teams around the same time, but 
there was one team in our winter league, so we always used to fish the Saw Valley Winter League, which is you know still running uh, it's all on the River Saw, on the natural sections and the you know some more of the canalised bits, and that um, was like a really good grounding for me uh, as, as an angler because I learnt loads from it. But um, for, so from fishing with Long Eaton, I then got asked by at the time it was Corn. Uh, they were Corn Van der Nine and yeah. also Leicester Census. Uh, that was at the time, it was just after Steve Emingray had left. Um, I'm trying to think who was captain. I think it was Rob Jones at the time. But um, yeah, they asked me, and um, Chris Marks used to fish with them, and Ivan used to do a little bit of fishing with them and, like, help, you know, he was like with his lad all the time. So. I, I always looked up to both of those teams, but like Leicester were sort of like more where I wanted to be at at the time. So I went. Well, I, I think to that Leicester. was born out of the the whole likely lads thing, wasn't it? I think that probably was the team that came from. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were a fantastic team. They used to like, you know, they would, they would win the Winter League more often than than they wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So like me to just be asked, I was just like flipping out. It's like massive step up type of thing. Uh, yeah. I can't quite remember the age I was when I went there, but I was certainly still very young. I wasn't, mm. I probably wasn't even like 17 at the time. Probably maybe 16, around that sort of age. Um, something like that anyway, because I was, I was with the Long Eight and Van der Nine for a few years. Um, so obviously I then went with them again you know, fishing with better anglers, you learn a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I learned a vast, vast amount again. Um, he did, yeah. And Ivan, at the time, bless him, he took me under his wing. Ivan was like this anyway, as many, many, many people will know. Yeah. That he was just a lovely, lovely man. What he did for me growing up, like, you know, I always tell Chris this, and like, it's like don't half on about it, but it's like he did so much for me um, and my fishing that I can like never repay you that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It was, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just amazing. It would, it would literally, it would come like it say, right, young man, we're fishing this match. We're, we're going here like this, and he just come, he come to my house, he'd pick me up, take me, and then he'd be like, right, what bait have we got then today? And what you picked up like this, and he were. All right, well, you need some more of this. You need some more of that. Right, go in the back. And he just used to, this this van, it used to stink. And it was like, it had like maggots, casters crawling around in it, and like, all oh, God knows what. And like, like a proper fishing wagon, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was mint. Um, but yeah, he just, you know, he used to just, just give me bait and stuff. Like, no, no, I don't want anything for it. No, no, don't want anything for it. Or like, he'd like, like give me like little bits of tackle, like hooks and things like that, like little bits and bobs and said, all right, you know, but he just taught me so much at my time at Leicester. Um, obviously before, you know, blessing passed away. Um, he just, he, he gave so much in, in like, and you know, he did it for a lot of different people as well. He was very, very approachable. Ivan was, um, well, the, the people's was, champion. It was, he was amazing, mate. I, I can't listen. I can't tell you how much of a nice man that bloke was. He was, it was, it was amazing. And like, obviously, I only got to know him, and I was, I was thinking like, at the time, I was like, 
this guy's an absolute legend. It was like, why why is he coming to like pick me up and stuff all the time? Like, just, mm. just, things like this. But, he, he, you know, he did. He just took me, he's one of them people, and he just took me under his wing. And, you know, I learned loads from him, like, about, you know, like bream fishing, uh, especially, and rivers, you know, different, just like loads of different things. I could, I could talk all night about, like, you know, different things he told me or, like, in different situations. And Do you remember one top know. tip from him? Is there ever any one thing that stands out in your mind? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this it might sound really daft, to be honest. They usually and do. Top tips usually seem basic, he said, and you think, He yeah. said to me, uh, and he said to me, and he, he said to me on many, many occasions, right, if you don't, if you go, if you if you're doing, if you're fishing your match, right, and nothing's really working how you wanted to, do something stupid. That's what he said. Right. Do something stupid. And I, at first, I was like, "What do you mean, do something stupid?" It was like, "Well, just I don't know, chuck three pints of casters in down there, or do, or do, do you know what I mean? Something stupid like that that you'd never really think of doing." Yeah. But honestly. Dave, the amount of times something like that has been oh, give, worked, give us an and example. then you're like, tell, tell oh, me one that you did. Heck, why? <laughs> why is that, like that's that's unreal? Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Why is that? What? What? Why? Why would I be fishing like that in that way? And do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm trying to think of a bloody example now. <laughs> well, I've, the, the one, I suppose, one of them that stands out in my mind is a match on the River Saw. And it was a winter league match and it was really, it had been really cold, but the river had been up mm. and it had a little bit of colour in it. And I'd drawn this peg and it was a renowned peg for catching chub and like you would always catch chub off it. Yeah. I was like, literally, there was about an hour to go and I know chub is like renowned for late feeders, but there was like an hour, an hour and a half to go, something like that. And I was... I think I don't think it was blanking. I think I caught a few small fish, but I did. I didn't. Oh, like, I wasn't like winning the section. Do you know what I mean? And like, um, I remember Ivan coming down the bank, strolled down, and he's, he's like, bold. He says, "Right, what what's happening, young?" And, and uh, I said, "Oh, this is blah blah blah." He's like, and, and I remember him saying it, it like, "Well, do some daft then and sort it out." And then uh, he just talked to the loft down the bank, and like, I was like, "All right, okay, all right." So, so I got off off of the box, and I remember um, setting up like a really, really like almost like a like a, you know like them little track floats you used to use on a canal for like yeah. the fishing. Yeah. Like I set one of them on It's like four by twelve or four by fourteen, yeah. right? And. I put like it on a top seven, like on my pole, right? I said I got my po- got my pole up and that. I don't really mean fishing different bits and bobs and everything. I got my pole out. I remember like where I've been feeding like this bait on my like my stick float line. I thought that like I thought that there was some fish there, and I knew that the fish lived there, but I wasn't catching them for whatever reason. So anyway, I've run this like little like light rig down and absolutely ridiculous and you'd think it would but it wasn't and it, I caught like five chub on it in the last so <laughs> they wanted hour. it really and it was like I, but it didn't make any sense for you to do that you know what I mean yeah. and like I even I, I tell you what I did I, I remember I took I took it off right and I tied it to, to my rod and line. Right? I bit my other stick close off and I tied it onto my rod and line and I tried to make it work with that and it wouldn't work and I thought, 
that's why I already set it up on the pole because I knew I'd be able to gain the control with it. And it was a bit weird and a bit wacky, but it worked. <laughs> it was just Brilliant. like one of them sort of like prime examples. I mean, there are like obviously others like going back and, you know, uh, probably more than I can remember to be quite honest. But yeah, that was, that was one thing he always said to me that was, that was, it was, um, I love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite amazing. But, and something that a lot of people might not do as well. Do you know what I mean? Might not even sort of think of, but yeah, it works. Put it, put it that way. It works. <laughs> not all the time, but it does. No, I get it. it. So from, um, okay. So from Leicester, uh, under the wing of Ivan, sort of getting into your later teens now, was you there for some time or was you, was you then? A yeah, yeah I was there for quite some time actually. And around that sort of time, that's when I started having England like you know uh i was sort of getting pushed in that direction and um i'd say i had quite a few england trials never ever made it through this is england youth trials right this is england youth trials yes yes yeah. that's correct yeah so what yeah, what class uh, what class of who, who would you have been in with would that be like callum Dicks? um yeah callum came a bit late because he's a little bit younger than me um Right in, uh, Lee Thornton, yeah. uh, quite a lot of them now actually don't fish like right. at all. Okay. Like, you know, you don't even, they're not even, they don't even fish anymore. Um, but, uh, at the time, you, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm under no illusions that you, you was, these were the best young anglers in the country and they are now some of the best anglers still in the country. Do you know what I mean? They are yeah. like awesome. At what they do um and you know it was it was very to like it, it was very hard to take in a lot of ways um to to have that many knockbacks right not good enough this year so maybe well, next year slightly on it because just in case the listeners don't understand i might be way off but my understanding of england youth trials the, the youth trials were based on the venue that was going to be um, fished Correct. on that year. Yes. So yes, let's say right. you're on, yes. it's, it's due to be in Carouche, Portugal, as an example. Um, yes. It's a water that would be well known for, for waggler fishing, sticky mud, yes, very, right. very hot yes. conditions, this sort of angling. So was it that they were saying to you, you know, this isn't your style? Or what were the knockbacks? Not that, mate. Just like... Um, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what it was. Um, there was a few different things, like, and around the time, like, because I was always one of them that I would, if something wasn't working, I know it's me that's doing something wrong. Yeah. Like, totally. that's how I think. Yeah. And, like, I want to put it right. So, like, he was getting, I remember one match at Laughing, and he was getting us all to fish a slider. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was like firing out balls of ground bait on this slider and catching skimmers. And it, it was, I'm going back a long time ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like no. soft ground bait and like, you know, all the fish were up in the water and like, you know, nobody was catching anything. And I'm like, why, is, like, why, why are we not, why are we fishing like this? So it was a bit like this, but I knew what he wanted us to do. Mm. And like, I thought, 
Well, I can do that. You know what I mean? I can, I can, I can hit the float with the ball of ground, mate. Like pretty good. You know, you know, it was, it was I wasn't the best at it probably, but like it was, I was okay. Like everything else I was doing and stuff, and you know, you had to borrow gear off people, all them sort of things. And I think, I think actually, more than anything, that is what let me down because I wasn't in a position to have all the top gear. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like people like such as Ivan and Chris and you know um, numerous others would lend me bits and bobs to tackle and like rods and things and like top kits and different things so you could like be presented that you could be ready to fish in that way do you know what I mean yeah um, I didn't always have everything do you know what I mean because like I you know I don't come from like a, a like a rich family or anything and you know it's not like yeah, just a normal lad trying, to, trying to get... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought, I always thought a lot of the time it was about ability. And I think some of the time it was, but then in other times it wasn't as well. It was like, you know, can he afford to come? Do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, that a bit of that. I, I don't a bit know, I could, I, could, I, could, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um but I kind of felt, you know, when back in the day, and it was it was a lot. It was a lot when you when you were younger, you know, because like I, I wanted to do, I wanted to do one, but I am actually quite competitive, really, I suppose. Um, so you've got to be to to, to fish at yeah, your level, mate. I, I, like I, I can't, and I wouldn't let it beat me. Do you know what I mean? I want, and I, and I never have done. Do you know what I mean? I, I like I want to now, like ever since then and like them matches like them you know going back to that one where I blanked on that you know the winter league when I was 15 all them different things push you on more mm. what they do to me anyway like they push me on as an angler more I need to sort that out I need to get better at that I need yeah. to be the best at that I want to be the best at that do you know what I mean yeah. I'm like Oh, it's all that. It's so easy to make an excuse. It's so easy to say, do you know what? The fish weren't there. They're not in the area. I wasn't it, it there. Is, it is. But, like, I did stuff, like, on some of them trials that, like, um, I suppose I was, in a, in a couple of ways as well, Dave, like, I was a, a little bit naughty and a bit, like, I would go against the grain a little bit and go, well, why are we all doing this when we need to be doing this? So, like, I'd start doing something else and, like, I'd start catching loads of fish doing it and then it'd be like, well, what are you doing that for? I'm not telling you to do that. And I'm mm. like, well, but it's not working, do you know what I mean? So, like... So you think you're demonstrating... Like, at the time, and they're like, I, I get on well with Mark now, you know, but I think at the time, he didn't used to like that attitude and it might have been that. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, you're trying to demonstrate that what he, what the brief is isn't the best for that day. So you're trying to be innovative. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to demonstrate exactly. that you've got the ability to adapt. But yeah. actually, from a management point of view, now now we're a bit more older and looking back at that, it, you probably understand where Mark's coming from because he said, well, actually, no, I need yeah. you to look yeah. at this technical on this, this event. But I'd, I'd have done the same as you. <laughs> I have to say it was a bit it was I didn't I, I remember doing it on two trials where I was a bit like that and like we were doing something we were doing it for like you, you fish two different sessions you do one in the morning one in the afternoon mm. and you fish like two different styles a lot of the time so like in the morning it'd be like say I don't know like long pole on the bottom and then in the afternoon it's like 
shallow fishing at five meters, like with sloppy ground bait, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So you know, but like in like I've been fishing like an an hour or something like that, and I'm like, oh god, there's no fish there. So like, why, why can't we catch them? Like, <laughs> this is a bit daft. This is. Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. why why aren't we doing this? Like, so I'd like change what I was doing, and you know, I was like, but. And my my opinion was is if it, if I was sat in a world championships and something's not working and I know if, if I'm, surely it won't put it wrong. Yeah. Me. yeah, yeah, I know exactly. It, it's yeah. Like obviously you'd probably have to ask management and things like that, but you know, as as a as a youngster, you, you can you can be a little bit more gung ho mm. with your decisions, can't you? You know what I mean? It probably wouldn't yeah. be like that now at all, but you know. Hey ho, uh, but it, you know it gave me a lot of good grounding, you know, for the future and stuff. And it, 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 it like it definitely some of those matches spurred me on to do better as well, uh, w- without any doubt, without any doubt. Do you have any designs to still want to represent your country? Mate, I, it, like I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'd love to. It'd be amazing. Be absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm I'm well under the impression that like I, I know the standard of angling that you need to be at to, to 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 even think about fishing that and the level of commitment you've got to have um for that fishing at that level. Um but if someone turned around to me tomorrow and said, Would you like to come and, you know, come in the lights next year and we'll, you know, look about getting you on board, I'd jump at the chance. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say no, you know yeah. to me. Um, but I will always in in always with my fishing I, I I want to give, I want to give 110 percent at it, and like, I would love, I will, I would love to do that, but I'm well aware that there's only a few spaces available, and there are anglers out there that are like better than me. So you know, I, you know, you have to be realistic with it as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's one of them. It's one of them. I, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave it up to look up to up to the gods to decide that one. Absolutely. Let's touch a little bit then on, I mean, let's have it right. The England manager, Mark Downs, is your club captain <laughs> now. He is, yeah. So yes, you've, you've, is. Well, you went between through... him and Darren Beckerton, yes, Dar- that is yep. correct. Yeah, who I drew next to yesterday, funnily enough. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, obviously, um, how, how did that come about? Starlets are an iconic team. I mean... They certainly uh, are, yes. yes. As was your previous team. previous team in, in the in the Trentman. So yes, correct. Yes, you you fish for two. Apart from I mean, Lefty, you've just mentioned then, which which we all you know pretty well know, massive locally and, yeah. and done well on on, were, yeah. on some division uh, division nationals. But Trentman and, is another step up, and then Starlets is another step up. So how did you get to that sort of? How did, how did we get to the present, if you like, team fishing? Um, I suppose it's just I I don't know, just keep learning, mate, and like going through i mean like my favorite thing to do as an angler is team fishing that mm-hmm. is i absolutely love it it's like absolutely i don't think there's anything better that beats, beats it than winning as a team with like you mean it's amazing yeah. absolutely amazing and um, and i love that feeling and when i was asked to join trentman from um, 
from being at Leicester for quite a long time. You know, I was there. I was there a good while. I can't remember exactly how long, but I was. You know, then asked to join Trent and like. I remember uh, Darren, who was captain at the time, fully enough, uh, off front, and then he, he asked me, and, you know, I was, uh, Trentman were, for me, growing up around here and, like, in the Nottinghamshire area, they were obviously, like, the team to, massive, want to yeah. fish for. They, they, were, they were, like, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I used to look up to them when I was a youngster, you know, oh, that's, you know, such a touch there, you know, like, like plumbing out. And, and like, I used to like, idolize them more, mate. So like to get to ask, to fish for them, I was like, that's amazing. Like, mm. absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, so I jumped at the chance, went straight there. Didn't even question it. Um, and, you know, again, from there, you know, learned a lot because the standard of anger again went up. Um, some been some absolutely fantastic anglers go through Trentman, like unbelievable, like talent. Um, I could literally reel off the biggest list ever, you know, because every single one of them virtually is like uh, uh, brilliant in their own way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but what they were as well with Trentman, they were like quite or really, really good individual anglers, so they were all able to think for themselves. Um, which is what which is what I found when I started fishing for them. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't mm. about like, oh, we've got to fish to this plan. Even though we did do quite a bit of that, but it was still like, you know, oh, well, you know. Get a level of autonomy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a bit of a, like an open thing. And I, I really liked that because that meant, like, it wasn't, like, literally free reign to go, right, I'm going to do it for just fish man way now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, you listen to the likes of Darren Victor, Mark Godfrey, you know, you know, there's so many people there that are just, like, that, you know, are brilliant anglers that mm. you can't not listen to them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, from there, me, uh, you know, I learned bags and bags of trauma. I had some absolutely amazing times and great laughs with them. They were always a great set of lads uh, to go back to the pub and stuff like that and just have a general laugh with, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. fantastic. Uh, really were, yeah, amazing. Um, and, you know, you, you do get that a lot with, within team fishing and, you know, fishing that way. It, it seems to be a lot more prominent. Um, but yeah, um, so from there, uh, I was with them, goodness me, I can't even remember how long they, to be honest, but a long time again, mm. um, it's showing my age now, I suppose, a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, um, the, from there, I, I did actually captain Trentman for a bit, um, right. and I was like, you know, between myself and the, at the time Tom Scully, and we were trying to bring like younger lads into it and like get things like like try and create a really really good team of like young enthusiastic anglers and like you know trying to push for team. yeah things yeah it, it, yeah exactly and um it it kind of worked and then it like it just 
just like the theme fishing was like it was always it just seemed to be like coming off and off and off and off and it, it like not it it's not on a I don't actually think it's on a downward spiral. I just think there is more choice out there for people to go fishing now that yeah there's too much choice. So like you can go and do whatever you want to do as an individual, do you know what I mean? Like, you can just pick your matches, basically. Whereas, like, going back sort of, like, 10, 10, 15 years, it, it was completely different. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, t- team fishing's always been in my heart. So, obviously, I wanted to do better myself. And I suppose, in a little bit of a way, from a selfish point of view, I had to leave the team. And it was something that was like, it was very, very difficult for me to do mm. because I put, I put a lot of time and effort into training with not just running it, but like all over the years and, you know, being with all them different lights and like, it, you know, I felt like it was like, it's like, it's like you're leaving like a part of your family. Like family yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it was like, it was really, really difficult, but at the same time, I got asked by a couple of teams that, like, are basically, like, the, t- the top teams of, like, now, if you like, do you want to come and fish for us? And I had it for, like, a year or two, like, a, couple of, well, a, few, a few years. I don't want to, like, sound like or anything, but, like, you know, um, for the last, sort of, like, four years or whatever. Yeah, you sat on Hmm. They, they were. I was getting asked, and I was like, I don't really. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really feel like it was right, and like I wanted to leave, really, the team in the best place it could be, um, which was hard to do. Um, but it was also for me the right thing to do mm-hmm. when I did leave because I wanted to progress myself, and like I suppose so from a selfish point of view, like it kind of had to be done. Yeah. And then anyone that's ever done any team fishing and like knows, you know, the ins and outs of it, they would tell you exactly that, mate, that, you know, you have to, you have to be a little bit selfish if you want to progress. Yeah. Right. In, in, in any sport, I suppose, totally. uh, you could say that. So, although it was hard for me, I, I did eventually have to leave and, um, Darren asked me to join Starlets, and I, I had a, I had a really really good think about it to be honest because uh, I, w- I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, but I thought well, team fishing is still my number one. That's mm-hmm. what I get the most enjoyment out of, so I might as well try and do it. And they're, they're like, you know, probably one of the more local teams to me, like Starlets. So they're a Midland sort of team, yeah. so. Um, I know a lot of them, uh, you know, so I, I felt that was like the best move for me. And uh, who, who can, you, can I, can I ask you the other teams were that was asking? Um, I don't want to say <laughs> like the <laughs> good ones. Ask. It was yeah, worth yeah. The, the, it's one of them. It, it like, uh, you know, the, 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 the good teams. I could get anyway. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. 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 You, probably, you probably could, but, yeah, uh, it, it was it, it was a tough, tough, tough decision, mate. It really was. It really was a tough decision. So, uh, but that's where I've gone, and I like, I'm dead happy there, to be honest. And I've, you know, I get on well with a lot, a lot of the lads. And again, 
I'm learning loads again already. Do you know what I mean? I've been there Another for a years up. now. I know, I know we've had, you know, probably a year where we've not really been fishing or anything and, like, not really done anything properly like that. But I think there are some really exciting times to come in the future with with being involved with this set of lads because I would I would love nothing more than to go, like, you know, fish a World Club Championships with them yeah. or... Uh, win a national with him or do you know what I mean like yeah. that sort of thing that's what I want as an angler yeah. and I've never actually really had it because I've not been in a team that's been able to quite get there and do it do you know what I mean I've, I've yeah. been involved with some fantastic anglers over my time but I feel like where I am now I know that it's like well achievable do you know what I mean There's oh yeah like, you're in the top the, the line of, of, uh, of yeah. unreal mate it's like some of the lads you're fishing with are just, just like next level you know I mean like this, this, this well you can't you probably can't have any of the risk but you know a lot of them are like already international anglers you know what yeah. I mean yeah. Like, you know, you've got like Steve, Sean, you know, it's just so much, there's so much knowledge there that I feel like, you know, when things get kicked back in and stuff and we can fish a bit more and like, you know, everything sort itself out a little bit better. Mm. Um, that, you know, there's some really, really good times to be able to have. Uh, I really do think that. No, I so, uh, listen. Well, looking you're forward to it. Well, looking forward place. to it. To, to win to win titles you know you think of the top three you think Barnsley, Dorking and Starlets so yeah, yeah you know yeah, th- there you absolutely. are you're in one of them so well let, let's absolutely. talk a little bit more selfishly if you like as an individual let's think, bring things yeah, right with the me. present yeah. first absolutely. of all massive well done on on uh, qualifying again for Riverfest this year but you're relieved thank you, you very much I was um, for me it's very it means a lot to me um, mm. Because I really, back when in 2018 when I won it, like I really wanted to go back again and do it all over again because, like, I j- just had such a good time. It was it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. Um, I suppose you could say it's like the first big, big, big event that I've like won yeah. individually. Like I've had like results on other matches and things but that like absolutely tops it um without a doubt well what we're not going to do is we're not going to talk about that match per se because you, there's a really good one where you've done a, a full overview of how you won that match with matrix if anybody wants yes, to jump yes, onto the, yes. the matrix yes, channel yes. and watch that about how you, you you won that event that's fantastic but yeah i didn't, uh, didn't hold anything back you know yeah. uh you know Spoke like as as I'm speaking to you, and you know, as I speak to anyone, anyone that approached me on a bank, do the same. So exactly the same with them, mate. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, brilliant. So, so th- this year, though, I mean, you like you say, you want to replicate that feeling. You want to absolutely, get another one on your yeah. belt. Yeah. I, I do, and it's on a local venue to me. So it's a Burton Joyce it's on the trend. I, I, I know it. Um, I feel already um, that I've, I've, I really feel like. I know what to do already. I know, I know rivers changing, you know, you know, you get extra water in, blah, 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 you get bad weather. But I'm like really confident underneath and I, I want, I know I can do well. Mm. Given it obviously a good bag or two, it'd be lovely. Uh, but yeah, to, to, 
just, I suppose, like, did the first person to win it twice would be, like, unbelievable. Yeah, I was going like, to say that. That would be, like, absolutely amazing. It, yeah. it, re- it really would. But I know I can, with, with, under the right conditions and everything right, I know I can, like, do really well from a lot of areas there. It's a very, 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 very good venue mm. um, because you can catch fish in a lot of different ways and it suits a lot of anglers. I've not fished it yet. I've not gone down that far. Um, it's fantastic, all, mate. all my fishing has been around Newark, so I, I've not been that far. But I am looking forward to it. Some of the, the I've drove past, and some of the videos I've seen, it just looks a, it looks a, a great match venue. It is. It's fantastic. It's got everything, mate. It's got, it's got, it's got big fish. You know, it's got loads of dace, roach. Um, there's just a real happy balance there mm. with like everything. You know, there's been cormorants on it for like years and years and years and years. Just, it's just like found a, it's one of them places it's just found a balance that and like everything's happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's like a part of the trend. It's probably one of the best parts of the trend, I would say. Mm. Um, It really is. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of river. Yeah, Um, I've got to get on. I've got to get on and have a dab. It just—it really looks the part. Yeah, it's it's great, mate. Just even if you like go pleasure fishing down the road straight, you can go and pleasure fish that bit. Um, Yeah, it's it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Well, I mean, I tell you what, all of all look, I might even come and watch the final. I'll see, but you know, all the look, all the look in the world uh, for that. Thank you very much. No, brilliant. Appreciate it, mate. Appreciate it. No, it's good. I mean, well, we're we're sort of coming in now to uh, to sort of what the the future holds. Apart from this final, I mean, obviously, you're consultant with with Matrix as well, which you know I know you're held right. in in very high high regard with your colleagues there. So, what's what's the plans now then going forward? We just explained, you know, you'd love to win a big team event. We want you to win the the River Fest and be yeah. the first person yeah. to, to do it twice. But what's the future hold for Lee Wright? Um, like I would. Uh, just really, mate. Like I, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a bit of a cliche, but like just to be like enjoy my fishing like the mm. most I can, and yeah. um, you know, because that's what I do, that's why I go because I enjoy it. I, I feel like if you're not if you're going fishing, and you're not enjoying it. You're not. It's, it's pointless you're going, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like you know. Me, I, that is why I go. That is why I go, and that's why I do the discipline I do because that's what I enjoy the most. Mm. It is where I get my enjoyment. Like I like fishing commercials, I like fishing canals, but I don't fish them that much because it's not where my level of enjoyment's at. My level of enjoyment is in team fishing and fishing matches on rivers because that's what I like to do. Would you still um, fancy a crack at fish oil? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, no, I've not fished any of those matches. So, like, match this and, and fish show and that. I've not fished any of those for a, number, a couple of years now, really, those mm. ones. I used to fish them all the time. I've been in a couple of matches finals, and, like, I've, I've, I've put the time in on them. And I just got to a bit of a point with it where I wasn't enjoying going fishing. I was going well, to try and yeah. like just 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 going 
you're trying to like win a match off a peg where you can't win a match or like <laughs> you, that's you why know, I stopped you, bitching and was doing my head in yeah do you know what I mean it's it's absolutely daft in a lot yeah. of ways um, yeah. but like equally you're all, you're just going for a draw and a chance to get through to that final and it, don't get me wrong it's buzz it, it's an amazing buzz it's brilliant um, and fair play to all the lads that do it you know because you yeah. know that is where they put their time but it's also what they get their enjoyment from yeah. You know what I mean? They they must enjoy that to keep doing it, um, and and to keep going in these fights. Like Jamie, for example, you know, he's been in Fisher and the match this, and it's like it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but they put that much time and effort into that discipline that, like, it's paying off for them because they are at the top of their game with that. Hundred Um. So you know, uh, but you know, I'd never rule out like going back for fishing an odd one and that but at the minute where I am now I'm like dead happy so you know this this is this is what I like to do Um, I also love to go fishing in Ireland and I I would love to win an Irish festival actually that's one thing I would love to do Um, you know I I, I love going over there into like September and stuff Um, actually I'm not going this year because it actually quite clashes with the Riverfest final so I'd like I'd, I'd booked on a festival there but it sort of I can't get back from there yeah. to then fish the Riverfest ne- never been mate <laughs> never, never been like, Ireland oh, do you know what I mean oh it's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic it's a beautiful beautiful place no beautiful. I'm like no, so never, wild never and it's amazing absolutely amazing but yeah I would love to win at like a big Irish festival you know um any of them, to be fair, because, you know, the standard of angler, again, is very high and, you know, um, the fishing's brilliant. It's, yeah. it's it's great. You know, I've, I've done well on them, but I've never won one. So yeah. that would definitely be another goal. Definitely. Oh, brilliant. No, no, I love it. That's, 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 uh, that ticks all the boxes for me. You've more than covered what I wanted to discuss. But if you wouldn't mind, before we sort of finish right. off, um, I do have a couple of questions from the from the listeners. Absolutely, mate. Go for it. You yeah. you you fire them away. Yeah. No problem. All right. Then we're two from uh, from Chris Hodgson. I think he's from my neck of the woods, actually, because he, he name yeah. checks a couple of venues not far from me. So he says, "Can we ask Lee, please, how he would go about fishing a match on a Fenland drain at this time of the year when it's very weedy and clear, and you're scratching or looking for a bonus fish? Is there any specific tactics, approach, or rigs?" Um. Right, so like Fenland Dreams, when I've been on those before uh, in the past, this time of year, um, I feel like the fish get pushed about a lot in those. So bonus fish can be very hard to catch. And what I mean by that is like when you get down there, you get set up, there's very, very little cover mm. on them, apart from like having a highish bank behind you. So I think what happens is, the fish actually see you before you like even realize and like they're off and that's why the mpegs always dominate because yeah. they get pushed up um by activity on the bank and like you know you ship poles out things like that they just they, i mean don't get me wrong sometimes you know you have some like reeds on the far side we can chuck a feeder or something like that and it's not so bad but um in terms of like if you want to actually i suppose target a bonus fish a lot of the time on them sort of places like chop worms like your number one bait mm. like for that um this time of year i would personally use like 
chop worm and dead maggots um, on the on those sort of places. I've had a lot of success on similar sort of venues like that um, with dead maggots as opposed to casters. I mean, don't get me wrong, casters are very good. You can have the day, but like I feel like a lot everybody feeds them as well. Mm, do you know what yeah. I mean? So like yeah. everyone puts chop worm and caster together. So just being sometimes a little tiny little bit different can like maybe sometimes catch one fish that can make a difference or you know um not saying it does all the time but um more so on places like that where you're having to scratch and i've, I've been there before and like, i remember like fishing super league on some of the boston greens and stuff and well like, this is what is very he, difficult yeah he's talking about bargate and tidgo which are, well, which are yeah, basically Tidgate with them fished on there definitely yeah. Um, so yeah, really it's about like setting a trap, um, for a big fish, like finding an area, like if you, like they normally, some of them, they catch on, on feeders quite a lot, but if it's too weedy, obviously you're not going to be chucking a feeder. So trying to find a hole in the weed, like in a decent depth of water that you think the fish are going to be in, like for you as, as your bonus fish line. Mm. is very important so like trying to catch an eel a big perch a bream perhaps a tench something like that yeah bonus fish are obviously mega at that time of year um one thing we did used to do on them weedy venues i remember doing it on the neem um was like fishing like a really really heavy rig to like bang it through the weed Mm. um like like i'm talking like three four gram yeah yeah, in like sort of like eight foot of water and like with your olivet and like a sort of like eight inch up length and just yeah. an olivet in your shot so that you could like literally drop it straight through the weed and it was in you knew it was in the area where mm. you were likely to get a bite it might not your bait might actually not be on quite on the bottom but what you find what we found on there was in like practicing for like winter league finals is they would actually take your bait off the weed and things like that like oh really you know That's interesting yeah you we we, we you know, i can remember like practicing once and like you'd see fish coming in um odd times and like you know you, you could watch them like from where you were fishing and it was because it was like gin clear yeah and like yeah, you could are. watch them come into your peg and like, how they behaved and stuff sometimes like fishing on into evening and things like that you know mm. things you get to learn like little bits um but yeah we found that works really well so maybe a similar sort of thing might work on there um scratching about really for small fishing stuff um i you know your squats pinkies are like probably king baits at this time of year for trying to get your like bites and stuff off little fish i would fish a nice soft ground bait mm. uh, very soft very fine um probably over wet um so it clouds up or like mixed very dry at the beginning try and attract some fish into your peg what you don't want to do is before putting it in like your sort of standard balls and it going in the weed and you don't know where it's going yeah you don't know where it's going you'd rather you'd rather try and i'd rather try sort of try and fish better fishing like on top of the weed or like in and around it um in fact we we, I, i did a video not long back actually um about this specific sort of thing and that it's on a venue uh near ashby on a canal there and it, that is absolutely choked with weed and that's on the matrix channel as well and it's it was like about trying to you know how to how to overcome 
the problem of having weed in. A lot of the time, you have to just fish over it and like fish shallow. Uh, they do it on the soil as well. Some of the soil, especially the natural river, can be really weedy this time of year. And you can't get your rig to the bottom on some of it, so yeah. you just have to fish above it. Um, and just yeah. just just fish like a little bit lighter rigs and things, and um, you would know, you fish maybe l- ground bait and that sort of thing. Would you fish loose you know, ground bait to try and create a carpet on top of the on top of the um, wood that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like not about putting too much in, really, and like sort of feeling your way in. Maybe like perhaps like put like two pots of loose in at the start, and then mm. you know see what type of response you get. And then it can it can be very frustrating fishing in and around weed because like you can never be a hundred percent sure where you're baiting you're baiting, and yeah. like what mm. it's what it's actually doing. It's not like fishing on a nice clean bottom where you know what's happening. It's a bit different. So, but don't be scared to like actually flick it into the weed and things like that. Little different things will get your bites where you know other yeah. other things won't. You know what I mean? Well, and, um, and of course, as you said, if it's not working, do something stupid. <laughs> yeah, very, very much, very much so. It. It, 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 yeah, it does. It does. You, you'd be surprised, really. Um, yeah, that is that's definitely the biggest takeaway. Another one as well, mate, is, is hemp can be very good. Like just putting a pot of hemp somewhere, if you've got a little gap in the reed, like especially roach, they would just sit over it. You just mm. sit over it. They're not, you don't necessarily need to keep feeding it, but you, it will just attract fish. And they will sit over it if if it's not a venue that responds well to ground bait. That can be another way of like winkling if you're out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But certainly like squats and pinkies, that sort of route can be the best, really. Bread and butter, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, absolutely. Very absolutely. good. All right. Well, hopefully that's answered uh, Chris's question. That was great. The only other comment he'd added on was about to sure. go and Bargate, which which we've just discussed anyway. So brilliant. Well, Lee, we've sort of come to the end there, to be fair. We've had a good old uh, hour and a bit chat. Uh, we've gone through loads of stuff about um, where you came from, where you are now, what you you, you hope to do in the future. And, and as I've said, I wish you all the best with, with Riverfest and anything okay, else that great. you go for. And especially the time with the Starlets as well, you know. Like, like you say, you probably feel that you've you've not quite got your running boots on yet because of with COVID and all the rest of it. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When things pick up again, you know, and those nationals start kicking in, and attendance is yeah. good and it's like how it That's should right. be a proper draw and all the rest of it then i'm sure you'll be there or thereabouts with them so fi- final thing yeah, from right. me mate a massive thank you for joining me on on this That's podcast. quite all right you're well welcome you're and welcome. uh we'd love to have you back again another time so thank you very much yeah let me know mate i'd be i'd be more than happy to to come back on no, no problem at all teddy fisher baits specialized in the manufacture of fishing ground bait and additives. We combine a 40-year-old proven fish-catching recipe and the experience of our skilled team. Fishing is an adventure, and here at Teddy Fisher, we strive to make that adventure a success. Go to www.teddyfisher.co.uk to see our full range of bait. So let's have a little look in the Tackle Shed, a chance to review through the magazines some of the up.
upcoming tackle that's going to be available very very soon in your local shops but also as well as some tried and tested pieces if there's anything that's highlighted in those magazines that i've used i'll give my honest opinion about them as well but this month we did do something slightly different um because it's um national fishing month so from the uh, 26th of July to the end of August, um, it's an opportunity to try and introduce new people into the sport. Similarly, lots of these initiatives that I mentioned earlier on around uh, take a friend fishing, etc., etc., it coincides with the release of lots of tackle aimed at either the returnee to the sport or to the, uh, the new beginner. So for some time now, I've thought about doing a video or a feature or something in conjunction with with my article in the paper here around uh, fishing for 50 quid, something like that, you know, can you get yourself set up, tackled up and sort of good to go with a bit of an understanding of what to do and how to approach things for the sake of 50 quid? And, and I think you genuinely can. Um, but as we've started looking through, as I was looking through the different tackle that's being released, there's one brand that stood out like a sore thumb that is really aiming um, at getting people on the bank in its quorum. Obviously, quorum is part of uh, Preston Innovations. It's like the, the pleasure angler stroke specimen arm, if you like, of Preston along with, with Avid. Um, and they've released this piece of kit called Phase One. So the Phase One of your of your tackle, uh, of your fishing career, I guess. Um, now, I'd read lots and lots about it. It was in uh, Improve Your Course Fishing last month. James Furness, who is the editor, did a three-page piece um, Essentially, there's two rods, one float rod and a feeder rod. They're both 10 foot long, two piece and a 3000 size reel with preloaded um, eight pound line on there. The rods are 29.99, the reels are 19.99, so 30 and 20 quid. And I thought to myself, well, OK, are they any good? You know, so where can I go and have a little look? So I went down to my local shop to Fishing Evolution. Uh, I dropped Mark a message, said, have you got any of these phase one bits of kit in? And I had a little look and I was massively surprised at what you can get for your money. And I think, you know, you can get yourself a little whip. You can get set up with a, a ready-made rig and, and get fishing pretty quickly. And don't forget rod licenses and things like that for, for adults, etc. But um, I think if you're going to splash out and you're going to give it a go, I think these types of kits, uh, say rod for 30 quid and reel for 20, Maver Reality as well, they do kits in boxes. You may as well invest that little bit more and get these types of setup because I think they're going to last longer and it's something you can put away and, um, you know, pull out every summer if, if wish. And I'm thinking as well, what is this tackle aimed at? If it's for most of these listeners on here, you know, our listeners, they're going to be match anglers. And really, it's all about do you want to trust, you know, your little one or your friend who's a bit clumsy with your sparkling pole and, you, you know, all your match equipment? Probably not. So I think for the sake of, you know, probably 50 quid, absolutely. Little whip, a couple of ready-made rigs, you know, bait boxes, plummets, all the rest of it. More than enough money to get fishing and giving it a try. But I think for 60, 70 quid, these phase one rods and reels are absolutely superb to get cracking and uh, and giving the sport a go. So I went into the tackle shop. I had a waggle of, of the rods and a play around with the reel. Great bits of kit for the price, 100%. So if you are in the market to take somebody out and give them give them a go and, and, you know, make use of the National Fishing Month and a lot of the free tickets that fisheries are offering, check out the Quorum Phase 1 kit um, at your local stockist. 
with that as well, chatting to the chaps um, in the tackle shop, Corum sticking to that theme, flying out the shelves, they've released a new accessory chair. And a lot of anglers now, you know, getting on a bit, bad backs, all the rest of it, fished the pole for years, you know, not as steady on the feet as they used to be. And a lot of anglers are turning towards more of a, a traditional seat, if you like. Well, this one offers the um, ability to, to do a bit of everything, really. You'd be comfortable holding a at least a margin pole. Um, but it's ready-made for rod and reel fishing as well. So it's the Corum Deluxe Accessory Chair S23. They do two of them, um, but the Deluxe one, the guys were saying in the shop, has absolutely flown out. I think they had 10 delivered, and within the space of a couple of days, that they had one left, and that was the one they had on display. Um, retailing at sort of you know 140 quid, around that sort of price. Uh, but what I was really impressed with when I was looking at this bo- uh, this seat was all the box accessories. Um, they have a universal selection that fits onto these legs, but also 25 mil, 30 mil, 36 mil. So they can be used for, for pretty much everything as well. So cracking piece of kit, Corum on fire at the minute. Um, and I think, you know, the phase one stuff's really going to sell well. And as is this chair, if my local shop's anything to go by. Okay, sticking with the theme of introducing people to the sport, what about carp fishing in, in the specimen sense, if you like? So whilst I was in the shop uh, the other day chatting to the guys, um, we discussed, I said, if I was to, you know, say I want to do a night's carping, I want to give it a go, but I don't want to spend loads and loads of money. The reality with carp fishing is you're not going to get set up for sort of 50, 60, 70 quid. Um, it's purely on the basis of, the, of some of the kit that you need. But the guys did go through it and they highlighted a couple of things that have been released. And, and first of all, it's Corda. The, the, the mighty corder, shall we say, um, have hit the sweet spot with a range of terminal tackle and accessories called Basics, B-A-S-I-X. Um, and the idea is to make things as simple as possible in terms of rigging up and getting fishing and giving carp in a go. Um, they've released this cradle that the guys were massively impressed with for the sake of 40-odd quid. And it's got these 10 steps on the back around caring for fish. Everything from landing a fish to, to looking after it, really. Um, but it's a foldable uh, cradle, waistling cradle, however you want to use it. And it's a lot more sort of user-friendly and manoeuvrable, should we say, as some of the big ones that, that don't fold up and perfect for the beginner. Um, good for roving, things like that as well. So this basics range takes the hardship out of everything, really, right the way down to to sort of hook lengths and rigs and, and whatever you need. And, and they're all easily identifiable in a nice black and white color scheme. And on the back is the imagery showing you how to use that product. So saying around, you know, getting a, a simple rod, a simple buzzer set up, etc., rod and reel line, the chaps reckon you could get out, you could get fishing with a reasonable setup for about 200 to 250 quid. So that's really encouraging for for young carp anglers, for people wanting to maybe have a second setup, um, if they're going to go out and do a couple of nights carp fishing, etc. So that's not as expensive as I, as I thought it was going to be. I thought we were talking a range of sort of four four fifty. So that was quite interesting to see how Corder have gone down that route to simplify carp fishing as well. And of course, it's in everybody's interest, tackle companies not least, to uh, to get more and more people, newcomers into the sport or those returnees and take advantage of them whilst things are really, really buoyant. So that was the the pieces from Corum and uh, from Corda. Um, 
couple of things in Match Fishing Magazine that was uh, also caught my eye. Um, Guru Ready Tied Rigs. So what they've got coming out for hook length wise, they've got some uh, 15-inch QM1s um, along with their Super MWGs and, and a couple of new um, lengths and items to go with these Ready Tied hooks. Now, I buy these. I use Guru Ready Tied hook lengths, absolutely. Um, I very, very rarely have used them, probably now for at least four years. Uh, never had an issue, really. Yet some of my friends very much complain around them snapping at the knots, um, not being quite as robust as something they could tie themselves. So they go, don't go down this route. For me, I've, I've never really had an issue with any of the Guru hook lengths. And for the sake of three quid, um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to to buy these but so from a you know a tried and tested for me they work for others they don't so fair enough but there's a few new ones in the range so if you are a lover of these guru hook lengths check them out um because you might want to add them to your collection as will i um also in here as well now i am a sucker for a bit of marketing absolutely and i noticed this bit of a device um in one of the mags and it's advertised in this month's match fishing magazine called the bait stir so www.thebaitstir.co.uk and it's essentially a handheld as it says here a handheld mixing device designed to combine together different mix ingredients now i don't carry a, a drill i don't carry a whisk or anything like that when i'm mixing grammar i use my hands in general um it's rare that i would ever knock up over two kilos so i think i can manage that with my you know with with my hands so no problem but i did see this and i thought for the sake of 13 quid i'll give it a go and i ordered it and it was within my on my doorstep within two days and it's essentially a plastic grip that you can really get stuck into the ground back with and it's shaped to make it as efficient as possible now what's my opinion this i'm not sure I'm going to say straight away is it 13 quid down the drain i'm not sure it does work it does stir it does uh, mix it up well once you start adding the water but when you're using a round bucket it's missing all the bottom the dry ingredients at the bottom around the edges so i found myself using the stirrer in the in the middle of the mix if you like then i'd have to follow it up with my hands to get the dry bits from underneath so i'm not convinced it might be my technique um it might be the design of the of the item but yeah it's um it's an interesting one i might end up going back to the old fingers and thumbs so <laughs> i thought i'd mention it have a little look it's a green item i've only used it once it needs more practice i'm sure on the following page to that that was in let's have a look that was page 82 actually in match fishing on 84 you've got keep nice direct two core hollow pole elastic now some of my mates they swear by this stuff it's been around for quite a while now um, and people started cottoning onto it over time we know there's tons and tons of hollows out there there's a big move and shift towards hybrid um elastics also i've, I've gone down that route a little bit myself but i've still got a lot of hollows going on in my top kits uh, and knd as it's known keep this direct really does tick the, bo the box i can promise you friends of mine swear by this stuff and for four quid for two meters fiver for two and a half meters or six pound for three meters it's absolutely really really good value so knd check it out for those prices uh, at keep nets direct .co .uk. another thing that caught my eye 
um, from the magazine Match Fishing was this release uh, because it caught my eye because I bought something similar. This release of a new trolley adapters by Preston's, uh, the off-box wheel kit it's called, uh, and as the advert says, an alternative to a full trolley from Preston Innovations. What it is for me, I've had a map trolley for a few years and it has been horrendous. It's been re-riveted, uh, I think, three times now. And I'm just getting a little bit sort of uh, sick to the back teeth of it. Um, similarly, because I'm now fishing a lot of rivers, not all the uh, pegging is behind the, the pegs. So you've got to go for a bit of a walk. And it was just not working out for me. So for my Matrix box, I bought the two-wheel transport system, which I'm still trying to get on with as well. I've only used it once. Um, but this is very, very similar. But it looks universal, universal as if this will fit on numerous boxes. So the idea is essentially is you're going to put the wheels on towards the back legs of your seat box. You're going to extend the front legs of your foot plate and your foot plate is going to act as a plate to put your carry-all or bait, um, bait bag on, etc. And then the idea is you could you know, probably put your rods across the handle and the, uh, the seat of your seat box. So it makes absolute sense. It's coming in at £100. I think I paid £90 for my Matrix one. Um, but I think we might see more and more people gravitating towards this type of transport solution because it's getting a little bit unwieldy now. And, and there's a lot of people that I know have been frustrated with their trolleys and breaking, having to be refixed. And it's a number of manufacturers, not just a map one like I've got. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll see a few more of these on the bank and it, and it might be something that interests you also. So that's some magazines. Uh, just to finish off, I guess, some of the things that I did see as well whilst I was wandering around the tackle shop, I, I went specifically in to look at the phase one stuff uh, and obviously asked the question around the carp setup. Um, but whilst I was wandering around the store, um, a couple of little bits and pieces. One was a Sonic, S-O-N-I-K, commercial kit that's out there. The guys were saying that in terms of pellet waggler rods and reels, they sell like hotcakes. So I thought I'd have a little waggle of the rods, perfectly usable, 30 odd quid, I think about 32 pound for a 10 foot pellet waggler rod, really, really good value. Um, and the reels, although a little bit on the small size, I have to say, I had a play with a 5,000 size, definitely wasn't, didn't feel or, or look a 5,000, more like a 4,000. More than capable, I think, of, you know, cranking on commercials, they're, they're called a commercial uh, 5,000. More than capable, definitely a couple of bearings in there, and you get a spare spool with them as well. So, again, excellent values. The Sonic kit looks really usable. Um, something that caught my eye, I thought the other week when it was red, red hot, um, I was in two minds whether to fish in trainers. It's a stupid scenario going through my head. Fishing trainers, I'll put my usual boots on. I have a pair of sort of like hiking boots. So, when it was that hot, you know, I really didn't know what to do. And I know some lads fishing like sliders flip-flops crocs even uh well i can tell you now you'll never find me in a pair of crocs that's for sure and um, but they obviously serve a purpose in terms of every time you land in a fish and you know your feet are going to be getting wet from the landing net dripping um and you need something that's going to dry pretty quickly and i, and I get the idea behind the sliders and, and all the rest of it but they're not really for me for fishing and i spotted something in the shop and they're called, they're from Nash, so they're a, they're a carp item, if you like. But for everybody, uh, they're called Nash water shoes. So essentially a pair of trainers um, that you can go in the lake or the river with. And they've got a grip on there as well, so you're not going to 
trip and hurt yourself if you like um plenty of grip for the rocks etc and of course when you get back out um after you've landed your fish or whatever reason you need to get into the water then they're going to dry out really really quickly because that's why they're designed that way breathable and uh yeah nash water shoes chat to them about 30 quid nothing you know too outlandish that's a genius idea why hadn't i thought of buying something like that in the past um, of all these years, I've had my feet sweating in my hiking boots. So yeah, uh, those uh, those water shoes, uh, something that caught my eye also. Um, looking around the shop, also I was asking questions about waders. Um, river fishing is massive at the minute, 100%. You know, I drive down my local stretch, nearest stretch of the Trent to me is Winthorpe. Um, I drive along there pretty regular, I go over the A1, you can see it on that length really really popular you know loads of cars down there and it's great because you can park behind your peg etc and with that of course these items of river tackle are really really selling well so speaking of quorum we spoke about before they do a two um two rod tripod the lads in the tackle shop in fishing evolution can't get enough of them uh, they're selling like mad um, and of course waders so if somebody needs to get out land a fish or if you're fishing a river where you can you know, safely get across and, and maybe fish a, a float across a far bank or set up a platform. Then the likes of the vast ones and, and, and there's all sorts of brands out there selling really well um, because river fishing is booming. So, yeah, I was surprised at just how many, how good a selection the lads had in, uh, in fishing evolution, that is for sure. So there we go. There's uh, a few bits and pieces that I picked up. I thought it was quite nice, actually. Is yes, I've seen stuff in the press and I've seen the videos on YouTube and whatever, but there's nothing like going down to your local shop and having a bit of a waggle of these bits of the kit and you know getting your hands on them and just thinking, is this for me or isn't it? And I think looking at those phase one rods, my advice would be if you're going to take someone fishing over the summer, um, don't scrimp on the, on the tackle. Don't buy any of this these rubbish starter kits from a supermarket or whatever. You know, look at this quorum phase one and, and, you know, think about the longevity of it, um, the robustness. You know, you don't want to be buying something that breaks straight away. Um, and of course, not too expensive that, you know, it's going to be uh, sat there gathering dust and a waste of money. OK, so that's the tackle shed. Hopefully giving you a few ideas there. And that wraps up our episode three of series two. I hope you enjoyed the big chat with Lee Wright and also the press pack as well. Um, as soon as we have another guest lined up, we'll be winging our way into the virtual studio and recording once again. So thanks for listening and tight lines.